Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Adventure Games Podcast. I am here with Joel Meyer from Switzerland and today we are in purgatory. <laughs> How is purgatory treating you? <laughs> well, first of all, hello, Ben. And let me just say to start um, that it's really an honor and a privilege to finally be invited to the Blue Cup Tools podcast. And um, I've been listening to you guys for ages and really was looking forward to this. And I'm really happy that I'm finally invited to be here. So thanks. Uh, sorry, do you know? <laughs> sorry, th- this is... Oh, there was it was a joke. It, yeah, I'm a oh, sorry. joke. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so sorry. I thought you were But it's confused. nice that I got you. Actually, I didn't. I didn't expect that I would get you with that. <laughs> okay, I, don't, don't worry. I, I, not, I, I think I'll keep this in. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not that old yet. I, I still remember on which which podcast I'm on. It's not like I, I've been invited to anything uh, on a weekly basis. Oh, I'm sure. True. I, I was. I was wondering actually. Wait, wait, wait. What? Because <laughs> you were so serious. <laughs> I, I know. I can't. I can't be quite. Uh, <laughs> if I want to, I guess I can be quite deceptive. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Oh, well, oh, th- this is this is staying in, by the way. I think <laughs> I'll keep this in. Maybe I'll just put on a, a British accent and pretend to be Ben Chandler and yeah, pretend exactly. I know what. Well, pretend I know how to draw art. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He's Australian, actually, so it's uh, it's even more. Is he? Oh well. <laughs> But you know, maybe, oh, this is a wonderful. Yeah. This is a wonderful start. <laughs> maybe we can talk about the latest installment of Crocodile Dundee or something like that, or whatever. <laughs> Getting the stereotypes out there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're already. We're not even a minute into this podcast, and the stereotypes are already appearing. So. <laughs> oh boy. Well, this is Joel Meyer, who does know which podcast he's on, because there are so many Adventure Games podcasts now, although th- this one is still going, it's, uh, and it is a regular one. <laughs> yes, yes, lady. Uh, so, en- yes. Any- hello. anyway, Sorry. we are, hello, hello Joel. <laughs> well, you pranked me there, so I'll be, yeah. I'll be more aware of the interview, too. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. So take everything with a grain of salt. I'll, I'll try. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try and get you back during the interview. So, as I mentioned, we we definitely are in purgatory, <laughs> um, exactly. and we're going to be speaking about your game Purgatory, uh, which uh, you're currently working on. So, I think um, people kind of can tell now that you have a, that famous Swiss sense of humour from <laughs> from the first well, wait, minute or are we, so. Are we famous for humour? <laughs> I thought. Actually, Swiss are famous for not having any sense of humor at all. So it's, yeah, that's uh, but well, it's, but, well, you said it, not me. So. I, I think I have to call the federal consul now and um, you know tell him about the good news. So Switzerland is known for humor. That's uh, not just cheese, watches, and chocolate, and you know uh, banks. Basically, that's great, great news. And, and there, there is one thing that the Swiss and Irish have in common is that we're both neutral. So we're, exactly. Uh, make that what you will. So. Exactly. I'm neutral um, against so, any podcast there is. So. Yeah, exactly. You love all. You love all love podcasts all the same, or hate yeah. them all. I don't know. <laughs> right. Although I still would. So anyway, should, 
Top Tools podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Well, on that was Joel story. Meyer, everyone. <laughs> that was Joel Meyer. Thank you <laughs> for joining us. Yeah, thanks, everybody. So, see you soon. <laughs> Quickest interview I've ever done. Yeah. So, well, I wanted to spare you the editing. Just, so. <laughs> well, just in case anyone is still listening, um, I was wondering if you could introduce yourself and just say maybe who you are and what are your favorite adventure games. <clears throat> Uh, uh, well, uh, hello, everybody. My name is Joel Mayer, as George uh, said uh, correctly. I'm from Basel, uh, Switzerland. I'm working on a game called uh, Purgatory, which is uh, a horror adventure game. And w w uh, my favorite adventure games, well, <clears throat> um, does Kirby's Adventures in Dreamland count? I mean, that has adventure in the title, after all. So, uh, so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> okay, great. So that's the best one. Kirby's Adventure in Dreamland. So, Dreamland. No, um, no. What, to be what? honest... I've never, uh, I've never heard of that. Sorry, I've never heard of that game. Is, does you, that game what? exist? Of course. The Kirby. You don't know Kirby from Nintendo? Like the, the, yes, little, I've heard, the, but... the, the little blob? That was like a, yes, I yes, think it but... was a Game Boy game. It was a Game Boy game back okay, in the day. Okay, but it's, but, but it's not an adventure <laughs> game, is it? Uh, no, of course. No, no, no. Okay, it's not. okay. <laughs> it's, not, it's just another another attempt of me to be witty. That's but, the second time. But, <laughs> but, but actually, it's a good segue. It's it is <clears throat> a good segue unexpectedly because um, I came to adventure games pretty late in the game. You know, haha, <laughs> no pun intended. But I started out really with Game Boy and Super Nintendo, and that was for me as a child. That was like the thing you played games on, right? So, like, playing games on a computer, that was a completely foreign concept to me. So, I didn't play an adventure game until one sunny day my dad brought home a shiny new Compaq 486 computer that had completely new a CD-ROM drive and, I think, like a 28-kilo-something uh, uh, internet modem. And packed in with that Compaq computer, there was a game called King's Quest Seven. And uh, my dad, he was an animator and had, a, had an animation studio, also did commercials and everything. And since King's Quest Seven was like, it's, it's kind of the King's Quest that uh, everybody's second least favorite King's Quest next to King's Quest Eight. I was about to say. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's like, uh, it's, but that was, was funnily enough my introduction to adventure games because it ended up that at the same night after the computer was set up and everything, uh, me, my two sisters and my dad were sitting in front of this little monitor and playing King's Quest 7 and we were awestruck because there was this you know I was used to 16-bit graphics and side scrollers and everything and suddenly there was this uh, interactive experience with uh, 2D uh, Disney like well for us it appeared Disney like at, like at the time but uh, Disney like animation and sound and music and puzzles to solve you know and uh, uh, pretty you know, main characters that got on your nerves and all that good yes. stuff, basically. <laughs> so, but but it was it was for for us it was really intriguing at that time. And um, so I always say, like I was introduced to adventure games at a time when they were actually already you know uh, on the verge of dying out, more or less. So it, I like to call it the multimedia age because multimedia was like the buzzword, you know, sound and music and uh, quick time and uh, videos, whatever, CD-ROMs, uh, you know, uh, and um, there were great games actually from that period. And one game that's also uh, that's also quite cool to be hated on these days um, was uh, Mist and Riven. Riven I played actually first. 
and uh, because my dad used the same C uh, 3D animation software that they used, and he saw Riven in a in a book he had about this in a huge book he had uh, that was basically a manual for this 3D software, and in there there were images as a showcase from Riven, and you know as research and development he bought me Riven for Christmas and we played that together, and again it was it was kind of interesting to experience that. And there were great forgotten gems like the Journeyman Project 3, which, has, which I really was into. And uh, what else did I play? Uh, ah, um, a game that often gets forgotten, but with, which I think still has the greatest, one of the greatest plots and writing and concepts in gameplay for an adventure game is The Last Express, for example. Which, uh, you know, nice, when... Yeah. Yeah, which went completely under the ra radar, but uh, and and still today is is not seen in many top five lists. But I think if it's a game that I can still play today, you know, really, and this whole real time scenario and how they how Jordan Mechner structured it with with these different train stations and everything, that's something that hasn't been done really that way, at least not that I or or in that obvious way or in that um, uh, in just in that you know in the <clears throat> in that kind of way that we experienced it in the game i think it still stands on its own so i really love that one and uh uh what else what else is considered an adventure game <laughs> i actually made because i get asked this so often and i never have a good answer i made i made a google list for that what my favorite adventure games are <laughs> so uh, i can oh, that's, that's a good idea but mine would probably keep changing yeah, that's true. That's true. So I'm not sure how how. I mean, there are different games that that kind of inspired me for different reasons. I also love the Pandora Directive. That's actually the only FMV game I really think is bearable. And the reason why is because they didn't take themselves too seriously, so they camped it up. So it was basically, you know, uh, they knew their production value wasn't so high, so uh, they didn't. They kind of inflicted so much good humor in it that that it's really fun to play. Uh, there's stuff like Zork Grand Inquisitor. I played with my older sister, and that was kind of funny to play. And also a game that inspired me actually quite a lot is like the granddaddy of indie adventure games before there was even an indie game scene. And that for me is Dark Fall. And Dark Fall was this, <clears throat> is by Jonathan Bokes and is a British game actually. And I think it came out like early 2000s and was actually a retail game because that was before Steam and everything. And he did that all by himself, you know, like a first person uh, horror game. And even back then, I read about, I read interviews with him how he did that all by himself and put it together, Macromedia director and everything. And that was hugely inspiring for me because I thought, wow, you can actually we are at the point slowly but surely where you can make a game uh, all by yourself, you know, an adventure game. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember. Yeah, uh, sorry, I, I remember sorry. Darkfall. Yeah, when it, no, sorry, but I remember Darkfall when it came out in the early two thousands and. Yeah, I, I think you could definitely say that Jonathan Bokes is probably a pioneer for indie adventure Absolutely. game developers because he's one of the first people to make and release <laughs> an adventure game all by himself, I would say, you know, to, at least um, at you know, retail. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, what, <clears throat> that wasn't for free, you know, that you paid for it. was in shops with all these other big games. So Yes, I, I bought this game in a shop, in a physical shop, uh, in, a, in a jewel case or whatever. Me too, yeah. Uh, it's it's crazy to think about that and i mean i think without darkfall there wouldn't have been a scratches for example and 
Exactly, it, yes. It's also a perfect example. Still today, I love this first Darkfall the most of all his games, even though he is, his later games have more production value, characters in them and everything. But for anyone who, like, you know, if you ever think about, okay, how can I achieve a lot with um, very little or with not so much, um, so that basically the uh, it's it's still feasible to even make a game by yourself. Um, look at Darkfall because it's it's still is very creepy and it's only working with the uh, 640 by 480 resolution, uh, uh, grainy 3D graphics and well-made sound basically. So it's uh, it's yeah, a very it's 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 a showcase for minimalism basically. So that's why I really really like it a lot. So. <laughs> And you know all yes, your no, usual suspects absolutely. like Grim Fandango and uh, and I, I never I never but that's only <clears throat> there's always this you know Sierra versus uh, Lucas Arts debate but I'm a, I, I'm neither you know because basically I, I there are a lot of games that I never really played through or only started playing because I read you know from other developers oh that's like the, the biggest inspiration and everything but I'm actually really bad at adventures and adventure games that's uh, one uh, very open see no I really suck at them big time and it was like oh, no, I understand I'm, prob <laughs> I'm probably I'm probably the most violent fate of Atlantis player there is because for me it was like oh yeah oh I can punch him oh, <laughs> you know because that was like a, finally a solution to a puzzle that I can understand so <laughs> that was uh, yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I always chose a team option as well because I don't like action in games and I am not usually very good at puzzles. And exactly. so I thought, yep, these would to with, go to team and then you have someone else to help you. Now, I still needed a walkthrough. I still needed help yeah, with some yeah. of the puzzles. Yeah, but, I probably um, never played and, any game without a walkthrough, so... <laughs> and some of them, and some of them were just, you know, some of them I just couldn't get into do because the, it was just, it's old games, you know. Basically, at the end of the day, they're great, but a lot of them are just old games, and sen my sensibilities as a player have changed as well, you know. Sometimes, and sometimes they're just too slow moving for me, even even though they're great, you know. But uh, I, I have, yeah, I, one of the guys that yeah, has I, trouble I understand, back yeah. to old, old adventure games, so I could never play something like. Uh, like these really old parser-based uh, Sierra games where you die every two seconds or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. You walk off a cliff. Already made a lot left. of enemies now. <laughs> yeah, see, both Sierra and LucasArts suck. Wow. <laughs> both suck. Yeah, both suck. I, I, I want... I want to, <laughs> I want to top uh, Alistair Beckett King here. So uh, I, I'll not only Sierra sucks, Lucas R sucks big time as well. And yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I understand what you're saying because well, I, I started in playing adventure games late as well in the late '90s, back when they were dying, uh, ironically enough. And um, I, you know, it, it is true as well. I think we didn't grow up playing these games, so I think uh, there's a nostalgia factor that we don't have with these. You know, I still enjoy these games. You know, I played through uh, the main Sierra games and LucasArts games. And now I do have issues with you know both companies, some companies games, you know, including some very popular games. You know, like Grim yeah. Fandango. I didn't like the controls, even though it's a great story and a great game. And even Fates of Atlantis, great game, but I did have some issues with the more uh, action elements of it and trying to land that balloon, which <laughs> I could not do. It took me literally hours. I probably and, never uh, 
<laughs> it it was it was what challenging. Are we, what are you talking and about? <laughs> no, but yeah. It, and yeah. and if, if any if, if anybody said that they had no problems with that balloon sequence in Fate of Atlantis, I okay, we'll say you're a liar because liar. I think liar. everyone had problems with that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think um I was speaking with other developers, even with Alastair Beckett King now, because he was saying as well, that adventure games that are released now, a lot of them are better than the ones that were released Absolutely. even 10, 20 years ago, because there's so many, and we kind of know what makes a good adventure game and you know what really doesn't. That we, a lot of developers can now avoid some of the pitfalls Absolutely. of, you know, like yeah. even games that have played that were released this year in 2019. There is no game that I have played that. I would not recommend that. Yeah. I would yeah. say no. I did not like this game at all. It's even made by one person. It's all of the games that I played in 2019 that they have to generally have been quite good. So it's yeah. great to see. So, um, I mean, look, so if I if I might chime in and start my first yeah, rant go ahead. here, actually. So <clears throat> no, it's I agree with everything you said. Actually, it's. I find it amazing that some, sometimes something, I love the adventure game community, I love the fans, I love especially love the developers because this community is so accessible and that was one of the main reasons I think why I even started to, you know, choose or why I even chose to make an adventure game as my creative outlet, you know. Um, because it's so you go basically if you go to adventure x in london you meet everyone who's uh, who ever made a, a great game there you know if you would drop a bomb during adventure x on the venue where it's happening there would basically be no scene anymore you know what i mean and don't give a, no, don't get any ideas now but, don't, get, don't give people ideas <laughs> but but it's really it's, it's kind of true you know and that's what i really love about it what what kind of frustrates me sometimes but again that's just me that's just my personal opinion um the opinions stated here are completely my own but what kind of <laughs> what's kind of frustrating sometimes and i think a lot of developers actually find this frustrating is that this genre is very rooted in nostalgia because it was a very i don't know a lot of a lot of people who play these games have very very fond memories of these games that they played in the 90s or even 80s or whatever so um and sometimes i feel like it's still being like you know um they're still pining basically for that you know when our adventure games are when are they going to be great again you know when are we are, when are we going to have this golden age again and everything and uh, you know there are like 10 great adventure games done every adventure jam basically or even during max which, exactly. which is like the game jam by adventure uh, game studio and so on but just yesterday there was a shady website published with three, three screenshots of a of a apparent Laura Bow game and everyone yes. jumps on this you know everyone jumps on this and i must say at this moment i i i love all the people who are doing the, like you yourself and uh, and, and the, oops sorry and and the people who are doing the adventure game um specific blogs and websites and so on but even there i must say a website with three screenshots no other info nobody knows anything about it it just has a name of a game attached to it from a hundred years ago that nobody barely even remembers and uh, even less cares about 
and suddenly you have like like one page articles written about it and oh oh my god and so and like a few hours later it's it's being stated they don't even have the ip by activision as if activision <laughs> even knows what a laura bow is or even cares about that you know what i mean uh, it's just it's just that's sometimes yes. something that no, drives I agree me entirely. a little bit that's some, something that drives me a little bit crazy you know that or because it's like by now dear people by now every old developer every developer of these golden days has made another game you know we have jane jensen we have al Lowe, we have tim schaefer we have uh, the coles everyone 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 you got new monkey islands you got new um you got new Mon- uh, what, what was the other one king's quests you got uh, a new gold rush you you got even these these uh, you know um uh, uh um uh, sequels what's the other one sequels and re remakes basically of of all these uh of all these franchises that you were pining where are these i missed them and so on and so forth and these games didn't sell that well either so what is it that people really want you know on the one hand it's like it's like uh, this this longing for the good old days and as soon as somebody drops an old, uh, an, if, if I would call my game Maniac Mansion, maybe it would get more attention or something when I tweet something. I don't know. But it's kind of, it's just kind of, I mean, I'm rambling again, but it's just kind of weird to me, you know, sometimes this this kind of very uh, holding on to this, to this past when we're really in a great present at the moment, you know. There's really yes. so many creative things being done by small people like Nathan Hemley, like like uh, the the, the um, cloak and dagger guys. Uh, that's uh, Sean Atchison and and his colleague and and so on and so forth. You know, and like last Adventure Jam, there were some some prototypes made that looked absolutely amazing, but they were barely even covered by anyone. You know, and uh, yeah, that's just something I. I it's it's not because I I feel bad because I feel like I am not being covered enough or anything like that. This is nothing about me <laughs> at all. But it's just no, I, I just I understand you know. and, I, and I and I and I do agree that you know as we as you said a game that just calls itself Laura Bow and no no trailer nobody does any investigation. But yeah. then as you mentioned there are articles and somebody like you has been working on this game for a long long time. You have. You do streaming. You do. You have a trailer now. You have screenshots. Yeah. We know it's in development. <laughs> and um, yeah, I but mean, uh, that, that's kind of part of the reason why I started this podcast to try and help. I mean, I, I love speaking to the big name game developers. You know, of course, I want to speak with them as well. But also to help you guys as well that um, who are working on on your own to you know to try and get make an adventure game. And that's yeah. why because there's so many adventure games out now that I want to do whatever I can. Uh, however little it can be to help get the word out and give you guys yeah. a platform to talk about and, it. And, so. and, and, and that's absolutely great that there are people like you who are doing that, actually. And that's something I really, really like about what I really, really like about the adventure game community and the development community, especially, is that it's 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 very eye to eye. You know, there are no real egos around and it's not like, oh, yes. this is a big star. Everyone's very approachable. Everyone tries to help each other out. There's no sense of competitiveness or anything oh my god you know next week Dave yes Gilbert, i've noticed you know dave gilbert brings out his <laughs> next game so ah you know that will take sales away from my amazing game and so there's nothing like that it's like really we're all in this together and if one game does great it's great for all of us um and i i just you know i just i, I don't know i just i just kind of wish you know it, it would be 
maybe now, maybe ironically now, I'm kind of longing for for the good old days when our <laughs> adventure games were are actually less popular because then then it really was that way. You had all these forum post people working on their own little games and so on, and you know uh, uh, the websites and all these uh, all these outlets covering them. Actually, you know, there then it was like that they were actively looking for great games being made, but now it's like you know like just. This I don't know. I think this Laura Bow thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and it reminded me of you know you remember when there was like it was that was even more surreal because that was like a job opening from Lucasfilm for like marketing people and technical people and PR people and legal people for Lucasfilm games, you know, subsidiary. Mm-hmm. And again, you had all Facebook groups. Lucasfilm Games is back and everything. Ooh, next Monkey Island. Oh, my God. You know, it's the resurgence of, you know, Christ has come down to us and has here the prize <laughs> and everything like and all this stuff, you know. And I was from the beginning was like, people, listen to me. It's legal people. It's 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 PR people. All they want to do is protect their IPs and they need a new team that actually, you know, takes care of Star Wars and all this stuff while it's being developed by EA. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's a, it's always kind of a shame that it's um that 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 these little banalities get so much attention and meanwhile there's so much great stuff being done and it's almost like uh, yeah, goes under the radar, I guess. At least that's my subjective point of view. <laughs> no, no, I I I understand in, in entirely again that we don't know the whole story, but we people jump to conclusions a lot. New Monkey Island. No, it was not being a new Monkey Island announced. And also, yeah. I'm, I mean, I've really enjoyed the Monkey Islands. Well, most of them. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe Escape Mine. I didn't think it was too bad, but yeah, it wasn't great, shall we say. But the, you know, Telltale released a new Monkey Island as well. And personally, I am more interested in new games from new developers. Again, like you guys are like, People like, you know, Francisco Gonzalez, Dave Gilbert, Nathan Hamley, as you mentioned, and, um, you know, and quite a lot of people. But one thing that you mentioned as well is that I've noticed as well with this whole community that everyone is so supportive. Everyone is so, so nice and helping each other as well. You know, when it was Kickstarter, all the people, including Revolution Software, yeah. they always tweet out new games as well on Kickstarter and that. I think the adventure game community, while it can be frustrating that some parts of it always are pining for the old days, I think in general it, it's great that we, yeah. for the most part, I think we don't have the the nastiness that is in Absolutely. with other genres. Absolutely. And I have I, not I, noticed that. It's yeah, And I hope I don't rub anyone wrong. I, I hope I don't rub anyone <laughs> the wrong way by saying this. I just want, you know, it's like when you're having a child, basically, and you, you know, you, you want it to be a better person. So you love it, you know, but sometimes it's, you know, you would like to eat, for it to eat its his his or her piece or whatever. But uh, no, but I mean, in general, I actually, absolutely. I, I love being a part of this community and I love being uh, being a little bit separated from the big, big, big indie game community, which sometimes I feel is a little bit, uh, egocentric <laughs> here and there, uh, but our our development community and our fans they are so enthusiastic, so supportive, and uh, the developers are so approachable. It's like the best genre to get into to make a game because basically, if you have a question or need help with someone or someone um, to push you or whatever. I mean, I have I have developers following me uh, on Twitter, for example. They have more follows than me. And some of them, like, they retweet every single tweet I do. And that is so amazing. That's great. Such, yeah, such amazing human beings. You know, I could literally 
tweet, you know, oh, on the, uh, currently on the toilet. Oh, retweet, you know, it's <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's it's really it's really cool how supportive everyone is. So I, and and I think actually the the young generation of developers um, probably uh, maybe not uh, on that uh, extreme extent, but probably to a degree. Uh, agrees with me and I, I just, uh, you know, really like, uh, I just like seeing, basically it's kind of the same sentiment I think Dave Gilbert shares and and others. I just like seeing new stuff, basically. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I, I, I have not, absolutely nothing against these old games. I love them too. I, I think they're great in their own right, but they are old games. You know what I mean? <laughs> they are old games. They're a product of their time and it's great to look at them for uh, being inspired by it and and uh, for appreciating the artistry that went into making them but right now i'm i'm really excited about seeing something something new you know that gets me and oh i haven't seen that before in this genre and that this looks really cool and it's done by two guys and wow and uh, so on and so forth so <laughs> that's basically exactly. the bottom line <laughs> definitely and one of these games that i'm interested in is a game called purgatory have you heard of it no, what's that? That sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, it sounds, like might be in, it sounds like you might be in purgatory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's so, true to I, life. Well, it's about 30 minutes into this uh, conversation, so we should probably start talking about your yes, game I'm at some sorry, point. I'm sorry. So. I tend to ramble. No, no, no. It's, <laughs> no, no, it's great. Me, me too, because again, I love talking about adventure games and you know the community and everything, but um the the main reason you're here is to talk about your game which i have been following uh for a while now ever since i started this podcast at, at least and you are an active member of our discord so thank you for that so thank you. um but uh yeah so could you then tell us a little bit about the setting and the setup of your game purgatory so um first of all when, when did you start working on it when did we start making it um <laughs> Again, I, I, I try. I try to to keep it shorter. Um, well, the, the honest answer is this: this game probably existed in one form or another, like since I've since actually the time I've told you earlier, since I, my dad and I uh, and my family um, discovered adventure games. And um, my when my dad and I played Riven, we both had the idea. You know what? Um, it would be cool, like making an own adventure game. I think we could do that, like one of these first-person things and everything. And so we would, uh, we had the idea of something like around a haunted mansion, since we were really original, you know. <laughs> and, um, and I remember just sitting next to him, and he uh, back then we wanted to do it in 3D and first-person, like Riven, basically. And um, he was modeling. Uh, a submarine because we thought like in the in the gardens of this mansion there would be a pond and in this pond there would be like a hidden submarine and you could go very deep down the water and uh, you know discover some some hidden area of the game or whatever so he modeled this submarine and did a little animation of it and that's basically how far that project went so <laughs> but it like always this idea of making a game stuck with me over the years and so i guess like the like the iteration it has now, the version it has now, where it's about this young woman and these young people and 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 everything. I think that started probably around 2016 or something like that, where I had the first ideas. And then it was like a lot of uh, you know trial and error trying to find a style for that thing. 
and uh, yeah that's basically when i think when i more or less started working on it on and off <laughs> cool and um what, what, okay, was, that, so... was that even the question sorry <laughs> yes yes okay. it was when did you when you started you, you okay. answered at least <laughs> okay. okay great but i was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about the setup of the game pur purgatory um you know what's the you know who are the characters and what the, the story that you can tell us without, yep. without giving any spoilers if yes, you don't want course. to. Yes, of course. Uh, I well, the story is um, so it takes place in present day in Switzerland, like in the Swiss Alps, in one of the uh, you know in one of the more um, uh, posh regions, I guess. You know, and uh, we have a lot of international schools here. You know, where where like uh, expats basically send their children to, uh, or universities and so on, where we also have a lot of. Uh, people from abroad attending as any country has so it's about uh, about these four um friends it's actually two couples it's alex and dennis and mark and cynthia um they're out one fine night in the alps in the in the mountains partying in a little bit of a remote underground club and on their way home their car you know for unexplicable reasons comes off the road and crashes and when Alex, who's the protagonist, protagonist uh, waits, wakes up, uh, her friends are gone, and she makes her way through the forest and finds uh, deep in the forest, in the mountains, she finds a, a seemingly abandoned mansion that was owned by uh, someone called Richard Thorne and his family. And Mr. Thorne seems to have been a very successful industrialist and inventor. Um, and head of 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 a of a, of a company that uh, you know probably was involved in some unsavory uh, or unsavory uh, activities, and um, there she has to make her way through this mansion and find out what happened to this family and what ultimately happened to her friends, and it's a story that's just as much about this family as well as the internal conflicts that she has and that you as a player basically uncover more and more. So it's like you don't know this character very well when you start out the game. She's like a blank sheet, but you can tell that something has happened to her in the past. And the more you played it, the more you find out about her and how it all kind of interconnects with this mystery around this mansion. So that's more or less the the elevator pitch for uh, an elevator that takes a hundred stories, but it's kind of <laughs> <laughs> going up to the Empire State Building. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> very, very slowly, exactly. <laughs> stopping at every floor. <laughs> yeah, with some emergency stops and so <laughs> everything. No, it's a, it, it sounds very intriguing. And is in this mansion is there a maniac? there and can you put a hamster in a microwave yeah yeah right thank you very much i want to state actually at this moment i want to state i never even played maniac mansion but for some reason <laughs> really whenever, I, whenever yeah i never played that and whenever i post it, actually the, it started all because of the foyer of the of the foyer of the, the house it has a checkerboard um pattern on the floor and it has this staircase going up and, you know, when I posted that screenshot the first time, it was, oh, Maniac Mansion, oh, my God. I'm yeah. like, what? Because, but Matt Frith, who does the background art, he can attest to it. We have it on record that the actual inspiration for that was the staircase in uh, Gone with the Wind. 
and that's why it has all this red lighting and everything because that was the actual version. Yeah, so it was never meant to be like a throwback to Maniac Mansion or anything. And I think whoever listened to my earlier rant will actually believe me (laughs) (laughs) that I don't do any throwbacks. So you won't find mighty pirates in this game. But uh, yeah. <laughs> and they won't be selling any leather jackets. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, but no, but I mean, I, yeah, I don't mind these. No, go ahead. I actually don't mind these association because it means that people associate the thing with something they like. So, if you want to think exactly, exactly too, <laughs> as long as you pay me for the game, then you can think whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the reason I ask is because I mean, the screenshots they look different. You know, they look different. They look kind of you know the kind of two D kind of old school, but they don't look the same as Maniac Mansion, but just a whole setup with four different characters. And then you go to a mansion and you have to go through the mansion and then you have to find out more about the family. (laughs) But it's just very ironic. Actually, actually, now that you mention it, that's true. I never even noticed that. It's also about teenagers going into a house with... (laughs) Well, I guess so much for that game. I can't start over again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it looks like you're going to start Put all those years of work behind you. Just yeah, yeah. throw it Thank all you. out. Start again. Thank you very much, Jorge. That's, uh, You're that's welcome. Really, it was really an encouraging podcast for me. So <laughs> I pride myself on encouraging developers. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's all about you. Know, no, no. Now, no. it, it does look it, very yeah. different as well to Manic Mansion because this it doesn't look like a comedy. <laughs> it, I'm yeah. sure there's some comedic moments maybe, but it, it looks definitely a horror. That's what I'm, you know, the vibes I'm getting when I see the game. And when I, uh, when you very kindly sent me the, the demo, I yeah. did get some kind of, even though very early on, it's kind of like some horror vibes that mm, I'm thinking th- bad things are going to happen. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean that, it's funny, uh, the, you know, the longer I work on, the more I encounter things that are very similar, you know, and that's why I think nowadays it's just completely impossible to be original, especially with, um, with horror. Um, but I mean, of course, I knew I would. I work with tropes here, you know, the haunted mansion, the, the the teenagers who get lost in the woods, and everything. That's I mean, that's all been done before. Let's be honest, and it's been done multiple times in movies, books, whatever. But the thing is, for me, I kind of think of it like Quentin Tarantino does his movie, basically. You know, you take a high concept genre, high concept idea, you know, for guys on a mission, war movie, or this or that. And, uh, and or a western and so on and then you give it your own spin so you make a western about about a slave basically or you make a, you make a, exactly a, you know what i mean so you so you yes. I think you can inflict these genres with your own very personal thing and therefore make it original again and i'm just probably i'm too stupid to think of anything better than a haunted mansion and forest but i still there's a lo- actually there's like the un- I mean, that's basically just the, the overlaying stories that ha- what's happening, you know, but the theme, the underlying theme, I don't want to intellectualize it or anything, but that one is actually pretty personal, actually, and, and is based on, on a lot of my own life experience and uh, maybe some of my own experience being in that age as these kids in this in this game and so on and so forth. And I think that's the age that hopefully gives it a little bit of uniqueness in the end. But, I mean, it's been compared to Maniac Mansion. It's also <laughs> like the, the portrait down. The, it's funny because uh, Clock Tower, I looked at Clock Tower from the SNES, SNES, 
and it, it, it's totally inspired by that. But actually, the portrait uh, that's also always visible of her that shows her different emotion that was actually lifted from Doom and Wolfenstein because I always found it funny, like having the little guy down there, and you know, he <laughs> always gets um, beaten up. The more you, the more damage you take, the more blood is on his face and everything. So that's kind of stolen from there. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. No, but that. I, I can't say after playing at least a little bit of, of the demo that it did seem original and unique to me. I'm not just saying it because you're here, but I could also relate to the main character, Alex, I believe, because when we start the game, you're going to the pub, the nightclub, and already you can tell that she's uncomfortable, that she doesn't want to be there. She doesn't like nightclubs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm the same. I mean, I I like going out. I like meeting friends and that, but... I've never liked nightclubs, you know, they're very loud, lots of very crowded and and yeah. I would only go if I was forced to go. Yeah. And I mean that, I mean some people like nightclubs but maybe there exactly. are maybe there are some nights you don't like them, you know. But, and I try I kind of try to I mean it's I, I wouldn't say I'm like the best writer ever. I try to, you know, again I try to get uh, inspired by a lot of people I know basically. Um, but also English isn't my first language, so don't worry, it will be edited everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, but I, I I kind of wanted her to. Uh, she's more someone, you know. She she this night when she goes out there to the club, she really wants to try to have a good time. She wants to give it her yes. best to have a good time. And I also kind of want to try to avoid like. I sometimes feel you know in games and movies, there's always like this very cliched. Um, uh, you know, version of, of a woman that is being, you know, uh, depressed or, or having a bad time or anything. And she's always kind of, a, um, you know, she, she's kind of a flawless human being that's that's being affected by a lot yes. of surrounding. And then she's, she's very uh, um, just an uncomfortable uh, person to be around. But Alex is kind of, I mean, she deals with stuff, you know, basically she, she tries to deal with stuff and tries to, to, to get her life in order. And uh, as with and for her, it's like a choice of, you know, I can stay at home and be and be miserable or I try going out to this club and having a good time and giving it my best shot. Why she doesn't have such a good time, that's for you to find out, of course. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's I try to kind of. You know, you can always say when like 40 year old people write for teenagers, basically, you know, oh, groovy man. <laughs> <laughs> like, or, or like, I mean, I'm again, I give you another controversial view of mine. I actually hated Oxenfree because for me, it was like when I played it, it was such a cliched view of young people. And to, I mean, I, I admit to being a smoker, you know, I try to quit actually. So, um, but, um, it was like the, the usual thing that often happens in these games is like when somebody has a cigarette and <laughs> do you want to smoke as well? Ooh, ooh, mm, naughty, naughty. You know what I mean? And it's made, it's being made to such a huge deal for these young kids. And I remember when we were like in an age that we weren't allowed to smoke, but we did it anyway. It was such a, you know, such a thing we did, we did so casually and we never even talked about that. Right. So, it's because, so I kind of, I kind of try to avoid these, these, you know, uh, disturbed teenager tropes or, or like a teenager in trouble tropes and try to make them feel maybe a little bit more real and not just have, you know, the people that are like having maybe a, a bad, going through a bad time to just be, um, basically, um, uh, how do you say, un, 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 uneasy with everyone or, or being nasty to everyone. And it's like, oh, well, she doesn't feel so well. So, we, you know, <laughs> it's it's understandable. But Alex really tries to 
to uh, to to uh, to keep up, and she's not. Yeah, that's basically. Yeah, no, basically. De- definitely. Now I, I haven't played Oxen Free yet, so I can't <laughs> give any opinion on that. Again, but, um, a game, now, a game that a lot of people love. A game people that a lot of really people love. love. And therefore, a lot of people will really hate me now. But that's okay. <laughs> Everyone is entitled to their own opinion. Yeah. But um, I mean, it's no, just, it's, it's, uh, just yeah. yeah, it's not just oxen free. It's just, it's just a lot of these things, you know. In general, I think very, as well, yeah. Very, very generic types of of young people that ooh, ah, it's so deep, you know. Ah, and yeah, well, you want a joint? And I mean, I always come back to that. It's not just about the smoking, <laughs> but it's it's just something, you know, make them edgy and make them cool. And oh yeah, uh, me against the world, you know. And grown ups don't understand me, and this and that and this. You know, grown ups are not bad people from the get-go they have their own experiences and reasons why they are uh, who they are and the same with young people you know everyone has their own experiences and and reasons why they are who they are and i very rare I, I mean let's be honest we all been young and we all you know even now you very rarely meet anyone who's just 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 an evil or on on uh, just an evil person basically you know there's always some good in everyone. And even like the guy, I have a guy in this game like called Mark and he's kind of like the jock character, you know, but I don't want him to just be like, ooh, you know, football and everything. And, and uh, look at this guy. Let's, let's, uh, <laughs> let's give him a punch or two or something like that. Uh, he's also an empathetic human being as well, you know, so even though he's probably a little bit selfish and a little bit uh narcissistic or whatever but he's also not without a heart you know so it's it's very rare you know i just want the, the people to not feel that black and white so so is all i'm saying you can edit this ramble <laughs> if you want so. no no dude. I, I you know i i understand what what you mean and certainly from what i saw when i played the demos all the characters felt real to me you just played uh, a couple of minutes of it but with alex as well as I said, I felt that I related with her, and then, but then there are the other characters who wanted to be there. People might relate more with them, that they're going, yeah, we're going to go out, we're going to have a great time, and uh, then I'm guessing it doesn't end up like that from what he said. But <laughs> and even even the the you know the part when you're in the nightclub in the pub and when she's trying to go and get a drink, going through all the people dancing and all, and it's yeah, it's yeah. like yeah again I I, I can relate, but yeah. no I, I didn't get the sense that she was nasty at all because even uh, now I don't I don't know if you want me to mention the well the creepy guy in the pub I don't know if you can I you, can edit. you you can yeah? you can mention the, him I think yeah it's at the very beginning that again she was very polite with him and i'm guessing a lot of people might not have been so polite but she was very very patient with him and then eventually she just you know <laughs> reacts i think the way anybody yeah, else she, would react i guess she's more <laughs> like i guess she's not like i mean she's 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 strong in a sense but she's also not the kind of woman who's like oh, i'm not taking shit from anyone she's she's like exactly <laughs> I guess she, she's just she's kind of she's also not like a total victim or anything but she's one of those people who tries to see something good in everyone. And sometimes that gets her into <laughs> uh, kind of uh, uncomfortable situations, I guess. <laughs> something like that. Of course, yeah. Now, in this game, do we only play as Alex? Or is that uh, a spoiler? <laughs> PBD. <laughs> no, you, okay. well, we I, can move, a, I can't we can talk move about on. that. <laughs> I can't talk. But I can say you, you uh, will play as Alex like for the most part of the game 
definitely. Alex okay. is Alex is, is the girl you should focus on. So <laughs> definitely. Okay, we will focus on her then. So, uh, so now that's the setup of of the game. Uh, we spoke about some of the inspirations then as well. Now, what intrigued me as well is with the gameplay because this is a side-scrolling game. So, and there seems to be more and more side-scrolling adventure games because usually, at least before, side most side-scrolling games were you know probably platformers or you know action type games. But there's more and more side-scrolling adventure games. There is uh, Rain Swept, which was one of the first games I played this year, which is side-scrolling, and I really really enjoyed that. And so, Zwane, how did you get the idea to make this a side-scrolling adventure game? Uh, for me, it was, I think I played Cat Lady, and then I played a game, a little game called Distraint by uh, Jesse McConnell, I think he's called. He's from Finland. It's a really, really cool game, actually. Um, and he was also very helpful. Uh, and, and I talked to him sometimes on, on Twitter and uh uh, what else? Uh, uh, yeah, at the, the original, um, you know, this very, very small game that was kind of like an underground uh, hit, uh, Home by Benjamin Rivers. Home was also a horror game that was side-scrolling. And also, again, for me, it was just coming from Super Nintendo and Game Boy stuff. I guess it was just more like the control scheme I was kind of used to. That was one reason. And the other reason was I just, um, I mean, this might sound like I'm talking out of my ass, which might be, but uh, for me, psychologically, psychologically in a horror game, and I mean, I have a postgrad in interaction design now, you know, where, where you, you know, um, think a lot about user interfaces and everything. So interface-wise, when I click on a screen and wait until a car- character moves there, it's me giving a command to this character on the screen and he executes it. If I press a key, on the right and the character walks right immediately it's me walking right you know what i mean so it's more intermediate it just feels more intermediate to me and i want to, to have it feel like um really you're in charge there is some sort of speed to the game i mean you can also run in this game so you don't have to wait until uh, the character has you know um sl- <laughs> slandered from point a to b or anything but like this this maybe I'm totally wrong about this, but I just felt the psychological aspect of feeling like it, this is actually me moving through these scenes, and I have like and uh, there's like there's like stuff happening in real time. You know, it's not just click there, you know, um, and 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 the watch comes up and you wait until something happens or something like that. It's really it just feels more intermediate, basically, is all I'm saying. So that's why I really liked it, and that's why I decided to go with that control scheme, which is not without its problem either. So. <laughs> but yeah yeah i guess you have to see which one works best for you or which one you think works best for your game yeah. and yeah so it's it's fully keyboard based or uh, on a gamepad correct exactly yeah exactly yeah now as i said i didn't have any issues when i played the demo i only played a couple of minutes admittedly but yeah, yeah um, sure. i wasn't it's a good sign when you're not fighting the controls <laughs> that's, that's great <laughs> because that's that, great <laughs> I mean, that's the oh. first first thing with some adventure games that I've played, you know, in the past. I, well, I mentioned Grim Fandango and Escape from Monkey Island, which, again, you know, the character would not go where I wanted him to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like no, go, go, no, don't change camera screen. No, keep going where. No, no. Okay, I give up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's it's much more difficult with this because the the great thing about point and click is it's so intuitive, you know. 
even a child right. can't play that and it's already mobile optimized basically you know you, you know tap and like point and click games were invented for the ipad basically you know what i mean because it's tap and stuff happens tap there tap there and with the keyboard stuff you know it's already for people who are not so familiar with games yeah it's already a more of a challenge to like get them uh, familiar with that and it's already more maybe in that sense it's already it's again more um removed from the human to the machine basically with with the keyboard controls but i I just I just like them and I just like the feeling of walking around, you know, and running around in this world and having scrolling backgrounds and and having like this feeling like like in a in a platformer or whatever that you know stuff could happen at any moment basically and it wasn't just all triggered by stuff you click on. So yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, no, I definitely uh, to get get what you mean there. And um and so then we you know, with the gameplay as well, uh, what can we expect with the type of, you know, puzzles or action or, you know, gameplay-wise with the game? So what can we expect with this in this respect? Um, not much, no. Um, you can you can expect... Well, I mean, I try... <laughs> what, what, uh, not what, much. <laughs> I, I'm, the, I'm the best, best self-advertiser there is. No, I'm I mean, kidding. There is... There is... There is uh, I try to like in a small way I try to maybe bring in some innovation by having like uh, you know usually you have your you, you know you have these basically in an adventure game you have three elements you have the navigation you have the dialogue system and you have the inventory you know and the inventory is like oftentimes your main uh, your main source for puzzles and for me, it was when I started working on it, it was like, well, are there any ways that could be interesting in how you interact with the world with your inventory, basically? So not that this is like revolutionary or anything, but I, I added a little uh, feature there that you can basically throw any inventory item you have, you know, you can not only use it, you can not only drop it, you can also throw it. So Alex throws it across the screen. And this, um, if you think about it, this gives, suddenly it gives you a whole new world of how to design a puzzle, you know, um, one that is often, why should only action adventure games or, or like uh, a portal or whatever um, be, uh, be come into the enjoyment of doing these kind of puzzles where it's basically about <clears throat> more than just, you know, um, putting one thing over the hotspot of another thing. And like, I try to make the puzzles kind of obvious. I will say here and now that it probably won't be the hardest game you ever played in your life. But I, what I really want to have, and that's actually a reason why I kind of like King's Quest 7, even though a lot of people hate it. Now, now we get to the, to the games I, li I like, but other people hate. But one thing I really like about King's Quest 7 is you can, it's, it's, I know it's stupid characters. The voice acting is terrible. It's, 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 it's like a weird animation and so on. But it's somehow, I feel like there's always something interesting happen, you know? There's like always like you go there and suddenly a guy comes out of the ground and eats you or you, you put, you, you use an inventory item and some interesting little scene happens. It's almost like instead of a, of a, of a score system, like in a, in an arcade game, you get, you reward the player basically by um, solving a puzzle by giving him a little bit of an experience. 
Like there's, a, I mean, I can't say that's with every puzzle. Of course, you will have like a locked door and you will just use the key and there won't be any <laughs> any dance happening or anything. But there's there's like one, I mean, that I can spoil. There's like one sequence at the beginning of the main game where you have to open the gate and you open and it's locked and you open it by, you know, uh, having, uh, by basically blowing up the, the lock, you know. And it's 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 kind of a little combination puzzle, and it throws Alex back, you know, and she has blood on her face and everything, and you know, I just try to give give make it. Um, it won't be a very long game, but I try to make it worth players' while, you know, by trying to make the puzzles somehow interesting in the in the sense of that something interesting is happening with them, you know. So at least. Uh, at least half of them, <laughs> let's say. <laughs> so yeah, and and again with this throwing mechanic, I think uh, there will be some stuff, uh, some funny stuff being done with that too. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think I can see myself just constantly throwing the inventory items <laughs> because I am exactly. very easily amused. So exactly. if, if there's some new thing in adventure game, like in this case, if you can literally throw inventory items, I'm just going to be doing that for the first half an hour. Uh, I mean, this is cool. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's so funny, right? Because for this genre, it's like, it's almost like, oh, wow, this hot new thing. You can throw things around, right? <laughs> As if there was never have, has never been a Half-Life oh, yeah. or anything. But, but, exactly. it's like, but it's like, that's what I mean. That's what I would like to see more is like just, you know, we're trying to perfect these very old mechanics with this inventory, with these dialogues and so on. Wouldn't it be nice to see to just, even just in a small way, like I'm doing it, uh, not that I'm the greatest or anything, or like, just just in small ways trying to um, question the st status quo and trying out new things and so on and so forth. But I think one big advantage I have is that I'm using an engine that actually enables me to do these things, you know. Um, and I think with something like AGS, I'm not sure if it would be that easy to do. So, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I lost my train of thought now, so back to you. Yeah, no, no, that's a good thing. You mentioned there the, the engine. What engine are you using for, for the game? I'm using, <clears throat> I'm using an engine called Construct 3. And Construct 3 is actually a HTML5 based engine. So all the real programmers will uh, turn off this podcast right now <laughs> because uh, <laughs> no, HTML5 is basically like the new Flash more or less, right? So, I mean, the demo I sent you, you played it in the browser, but um, you can also um, wrap this stuff in in, in, uh, in, uh, in players and then have it as execu executable on your on your desktop. So it, it, uh, it, um, uh, it functions exactly the same as a normal, uh, you know, as a normal application. And the great thing about Construct is that it has a completely visual development environment. So I don't code by um, typing stuff in. I code by putting together little code blocks. Uh, they call it event sheets. So it's like, um, uh, you know, I can I can tell uh, it's it's like an event happens and an action happens. But the great thing about Construct is that you get all the nice uh, stuff from real quote-unquote programming languages like functions, arrays, and so on and so forth, but you get them in a much more accessible way. And for someone who's really more coming from more from a visual side like me and who is really too simple-minded to, to program, this is absolutely fantastic because thanks to a tool like this, even I, I'm able to completely build my adventure game from scratch. And I mean, I programmed the inventory myself, I programmed the dialogue system myself, dialogue system that's actually easy to localize uh, to do localizations with and so on and so forth and the nice thing i think about that is 
when you program an adventure game from the ground up and don't use any pre-made modules, um, you know, if you would do an adventure game and you had to program your own inventory from the ground up, then suddenly you tr start to question, question things maybe, you know, mm, why couldn't this work like this and why couldn't this work like that and so on and so forth. So that's a really nice uh, part about it. And also it's an amazing tool that enables me to make my game. And that's basically the only feature that I'm interested in. So <laughs> <laughs> To be able to make this game, I think that's a, that's a good feature to be interested in. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But <laughs> but but no, I, I think we can we can tell you know if we watch the trailer or screenshots or when we play the game that visually the game is very interesting. And I did mention before, you know, I, I did kind of jokingly say it was you know it <laughs> seemed like Manic Mansion, but visually it does have its own art style. That yeah. uh, you know I I don't I don't see any other game you know like I can't think off the top of my head anyway. So that's you know like it. So which um, so did you draw the characters and draw the scenes by hand yourself first and then put them on, or how did you put these scenes? Yes, it's actually not pixel art. It's all little mosaics that we do on football fields, and then we okay. photograph. We have aerial photography, and then we put no. Um, it's actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, obviously. I was thinking. I was like, no, you're not going to get me a third time. <laughs> oh, too bad. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I guess I guess I could only do that one time. No, but um, no, obviously. Or, or twice. <laughs> or twice. We, we, the podcast isn't over yet, so who knows what will happen. <laughs> no, the the art style. That's very great of you saying that. Thank you very. Very much because art direction is actually the one thing that I was really, really, really conscious about. Because I'm, you know, I work as a as an illustrator, animator, and um, creative director at at a company in my day job, and I I, I use I, <laughs> I I'm I'm used to like giving stuff out to other artists as well. And when you 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 know when you work with other artists, you have to be very specific about what you want. So the best thing that happened to me in this project, or well, one of the best things, is that actually Matt Frith from the UK, who does the backgrounds, joined me because I just realized, no, if I do all the backgrounds myself as well, then I will never finish this thing. And when Matt joined, it was like suddenly I had to explain to someone what he should draw. And I had to not only explain him like the scenery, like this goes here, this goes there, but also, you know, what's the color styling? What's, what, what's the mood that we want to convey? And um, I draw him the layouts, basically give him some directions, maybe here and there, some reference images, and he draws the background. And when I started working with him, I really started to think about, you know, how do the, the average horror game these days, the color scheme is like brown and gray, basically, right? Like Silent Hill started it and it that did it greatly. Um, but most of the time, horror games are like very mon monochromatic, like dirty looking. And I was thinking about, you know, how could I maybe stand out a little bit? And I remembered that I always loved this movie called Suspiria, which is an Italian horror movie from the 70s. And even if you just Google it, you will see immediately where the inspiration for Purgatory came from, because the Italians... Sorry, sorry you, mean the, you mean the original, because there is a yeah. remake. Which yeah, yeah, the original. No, no, for, get, there, yeah. there is no remake. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's yeah, I know, it didn't get basically. great reviews, but... Yeah, exactly. sorry, I just want to make that clear. But the, exactly. the original the, is the, the original yeah. 1977 version by Dario Argento and also like Mario Bava and all the Italians, because the Italians, they have a sensibility that is rooted in Commedia dell'arte and, and opera and, and theater and everything. So they're very flamboyant. They're very operatic, you know, very 
uh, very uh, <laughs> they're not very subtle let's put it like that <laughs> so Suspiria has a comp has like if you look at the screenshots it has um, colored lights everywhere it's like it doesn't make any sense realistically but it does make sense emotionally and that's just amazing how colorful this movie is for a horror movie and I thought you know I haven't seen a colorful horror movie in a long time so why not let why not try to bring some of like light these scenes as if it was a movie set and there was colored lights all around and you know having these strong reds and greens and all this stuff and then there was also the idea like the fire of purgatory in our game it's actually green not red you know so that's how you know it's actually hellfire and not any kind of fire and stuff like that so and then matt and i started you know discussing this and it was i think i mean matt is an extremely talented artist who worked on a lot of games and and it's it's amazing but even for him he said that's completely out of my comfort zone and it <laughs> it really challenged him but he he executed it absolutely amazingly and um as you can see on the screenshots and the rest like all the characters interface animations and drawings there from there by me so and and the characters i don't know where the insp <laughs> the inspirations for a character is just basically um my ability to draw them so <laughs> that's basically how, <laughs> where that ends so. <laughs> no they they look nice but no definitely i, I know some looking at the screenshots now and definitely there is this contrast you know there is red and there's pink and there's blue as well yeah, but yeah. It, it certainly looks looks different you know as you mentioned a lot of horror games are kind of like brown kind of now kind of like depressing but this looks it doesn't look like that at all but then it it does you can kind of tell maybe that it is a horror game as well uh, when yeah, you see yeah. it but it's a, a different looking horror game so yeah. for me the, for um, me the, the goal was really if you see these screens at 100% and i mean this game has a tiny resolution so that would be like a postage stamp but even if you would see them at 100% i want you to recognize it as purgatory you know so and i think it's really great that a lot of people are very complimentary about the uh, very or very um say very nice things about the style and that's uh, that's great to hear because we we took a lot of care uh, a lot of care went into that between matt and me so yeah i think i think it's obvious so um so yeah no, as i said when i played the demo as well when i had uh, the game playing you know in full screen uh, you can because a lot of times when you see screenshots they don't really tell the whole story you know there'll be plenty of games where i've seen screenshots and then i play them and I go, oh, wow, this actually looks better than in the screenshots. You know, I want to see the characters moving and the backgrounds there in full screen. And Gee, I think it's the same with this game. That <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that also happens. But, <laughs> but no, I, I, I don't think so in, in this game. It's, uh, it's, it generally does look really good. And I'm very curious to know, to know more. And, um, and now also on your website, you mentioned that you use your mobile phone's flashlight with a guiding light. So first of all, does this mobile phone have a battery or anything, or is there full no. battery all the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this mobile phone is... Uh, That's good. Is, 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 <laughs> is, uh, this mobile phone is basically 99% battery and like 1% uh, flashlight, so it's, it's, it's never run that. No, I mean, I could have done it's, something like that, but to be honest, it was, first yeah, of all... I'm, I'm kidding as well. It, it would, no, I mean, it's, uh, it's actually a legitimate question because a lot of games have that kind of thing, you know, it, but exactly that's the reason why I didn't want to do it because it would have just been... It's something that would just have been annoying, at least for me, and uh, yeah. the second thing, it would have been feature creep, so, and again, I'm doing this more or less by myself, so <laughs> I kind of want to keep the features focused on what's really important, 
and uh, there is no third reason. So that's basically two reasons. But so the <laughs> flashlight, the flashlight is always is you don't have to worry about charging your phone anywhere. <laughs> yeah, no, you could also say that it's one of these old Nokia phones that last exactly, forever, where exactly. the battery just lasts. And, and you can also throw sure the phone they had a and it won't break. So. <laughs> exactly. Oh God, remember those days <laughs> when, when the phone would drop on the ground and go through quarries and ever and still it would come out well <laughs> whenever you see whenever you see a demon just throw the phone at him that will get him so it's <laughs> <laughs> it will kill the demon and the exactly. phone won't break <laughs> exactly but Can't stand against against god but not against the nokia and did you get any inspiration or anything from you know from silent tale or anything for this feature in the game or did you just think that this would be a cool feature in the game do, do they have flashlights in Silent Hill? I never had a PlayStation, but yeah, I mean, I mean, come on, every oh, okay. Has. I think you're the first one. Yeah, I think you're the uh, first one at least. I only played uh, the first one, but uh, I think I, I played the one where you are the girl with the skirt. Um, yeah, you see how great I am at names and remembering games. <laughs> the girl with the skirt. I always remember the girls in the I, game, but it, it was the, it was Silent Hill four, I think, or three. No, it was three. Is that three, it? Was. I think yes. But I was such so much of a pussy that I didn't finish it at all. So I probably played like half an hour of it. You know, that's that's <laughs> next that's next next interesting thing that I'm actually too scared of horror games now. Most of it. I have I still have Resident Evil Two sitting here, and I played like <laughs> twenty minutes. And then I read somewhere that, that there is Mr. A or Mr. X or whatever he's called, and I was like, ooh, no, no, no. And <laughs> that's, the last... <laughs> that's the last time. <laughs> my 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 uh, my better half, my my girlfriend and I, we recently watched. Uh, what did we watch? Uh, um, we actually watched uh, The Conjuring, and it ended up <laughs> just being between her and me, um, scaring each other always. Watching it, then suddenly going, what? <laughs> so it was kind of that's that's kind of uh, um, so much for that. Yeah, I I, I know uh, what you mean. It happened to me when I, th I think I was just watching a video, a YouTube video of I believe the game was Amnesia, game oh, released yeah, yeah, yeah. was it ten years ago now, and I I, I couldn't take it, you know, like yeah. with a cat with a monster just I'm chasing really, you in the dark, and I really, I, I was like, nope, not for me. I'm always, I'm always getting, yeah, I'm really not made for these games. My, my, my heart rate is just, my blood pressure so, is high as this, so I don't need an additional <laughs> reason for it to work. So, so, so since you've just mentioned you, you're, you know, you, you don't, shall we say, I don't know that uh, you, fi you find it difficult to play horror adventure games. How much horror can we expect in your adventure game, Purgatory? Yeah, I always ask myself that as well. Um, I think, <laughs> that, no, uh, it's, it's like, uh, yeah, I think you can expect. I mean, it is a horror game in the sense that it is it deals with the supernatural. Um, it's also kind of a, it's, but it's not like it's not. Like, I mean, certain things like you know the demon walks into the door and you have to go to the nearest cupboard to to hide in there or or what or the nearest drawer or whatever and and wait until it's going out of the door like. Stuff like that, I kind of want to avoid, and um, there will be probably some jump scares just uh, for the heck of it. <laughs> no, because it, I, I want to have uh, you know some effect here and there. But I think it will be more. I think it will actually be kind of more of a melancholic kind of horror, you know, kind of a tragic kind of horror, more of a, a kind of a ghost of Canterville thing, you know, where the ghost is actually a very tragic character in the end, and um, and you kind of empathize with him 
Um, so uh, I, I, to be honest, I, I can't tell you. I can't tell you how how scared people will okay, be. Okay, well, I hope they're engaged at least. <laughs> so you mentioned as well, we talked about the horror, and you mentioned you know hiding from the demons. So is there any? Are there any moments where the characters can die uh, in the game? Uh, yes. Yes, that I can say. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are vulnerable in this game, actually. And actually, the, okay, so so there is, is there is threat. Yeah, this is something I can say because uh, the first um, part of the game was actually showed at a few conventions and um, so. But the portrait on the the portrait of Alex actually, um, it's actually the way she, she can take damage basically, you know. So you can, and instead of having a health bar, uh, again, like in Doom, just her portrait will be more bloodied up, basically, more and more. But for me, it was also like a way to make people empathize with her more because her character sprite is like 40 pixels tall, so you can't really see what the character is feeling. But by having her face down there, you can always kind of make out what her feelings are and, and kind of see, oh dear, you know, she really... She really um, uh, took some damage there, or I guess uh, I have to be careful now or whatever. I, I don't want to make it into an action game or anything, but I just don't want the character to die immediately if something happens. You know, that's, again, the thing I want. I want it to be kind of open how the experience will be for different player. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, sure, I, click, yeah. I, click, I, clicked, I clicked on that and then I fall down the hole and now I'm dead. You know, it's, it's like... Maybe you make it through the game without taking any damage at all. Maybe you make it through the game with and taking some. There will also be a way to heal yourself and the way you heal yourself. But since it's an adventure game, and I think that's very interesting about designing interfaces for adventure games, because the interface, even the interface is all about the story. And even like how a character heals herself, it can't be like in Super Mario where you just eat a mushroom and then it's all fine, or like in Zelda even, where you just randomly find some health potion or whatever. So uh, the way you heal yourself in this game is interwoven into the story as well. So hopefully it will actually, you know, that will give it a nice little touch (laughs) that these kind of mechanics all play into the story in the end, you know. There's no like just average, oh, medipack, okay, I can, you know take a few bandages <laughs> about my head and <laughs> now I'm fine or anything like that. So. that. That's randomly placed when you need it. Exactly. You know, very exactly. convenient, I find. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned, uh, you know, at the beginning of the interview when, uh, you know, you I think you have to blow up a gate and then Alex, I think, gets hurt. Is that a, an example of when she takes damage or that, is that just mainly... That's an example and that's actually to show the player that you can take damage you know because up until then the player has no uh, unless he listened to this podcast but uh, up until then the player has no <laughs> idea that there is actual this possibility of him taking damage so that's why this is a puzzle very early in the game to show the player hey look you uh, you know for the remainder of the game be a little bit more careful because you're not invulnerable in here you know this isn't lucas art <laughs> no i won't start again but it's just <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i mean so it's it's kind of you have to teach all these mechanics to the player which is like one of the main challenges, especially in a game that has some sort of mechanics in it, you know, and that's, again, that's the great thing about traditional adventure games. It's just point and click and then kind of uh, figuring out how the inventory works, which is oftentimes not very complicated and you're set to go, you know, so, yeah. Sure, yeah, it seems seems well thought out from what you're saying, at least, uh, (laughs) that, you know, everything... I made it just up. At least with the interface. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, well, well, we'll see once we play the finished version of the game. Yeah. But, but well it seems like ev- everything is. <laughs> but it, it seems like it's thought out, like with with the story as well. How you mentioned how you know when Alex can take damage, how you thought that through that, and then you can heal yourself. But within the mechanics of an adventure game, it's not just random medipack. It's, it's, it's probably the, yeah, the easy just, way to it, go. There, there has to be a reason why in this world she can't just heal herself you know because if you if you if you right. get if you get I, I don't know if you get in, hit in the face by a demon or anything you just you don't just you know pick up a medipack and then uh, take an aspirin and then basically you're fine again right so there has to be and that's uh, oh, there man. has to be some some sort of explainable reason why she's able to do that in this game because it's an adventure game and it's about the story it's about the believability basically a little bit you know to an extent so that's sure that's also a very fun part about it and in the beginning, actually, I had some sort of health bar, um, you know, that would show damage, but it was just too arbitrary, basically. And I just thought, you know, no, you know what? This is an adventure game. So I want, if she takes damage, I want it to be about the character, basically, and about her and about, you know, uh, some to, to, to just don't indicate how many health points you are, have, basically. Indicate to the player that your character that you hope, hopefully empathize with, <laughs> empathize with, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, doesn't feel so well, <laughs> basically. So, yeah, that's what I'm trying. Now, speaking of characters, I meant to ask you earlier, but yeah. you know, we've spoken about Alex, the main character, and at least at the very beginning of the game, we we meet three other characters. So, there's her boyfriend Dennis, and then there's another couple. I wonder if you could say anything at all about these characters, at least from the beginning of the game. Uh, what type of people they are, what type of characters they are. I mean, Dennis is like Dennis uh, is like your. He's he's self-confident, you know, and he's ambitious. He 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 knows what he wants in life, and he's also someone who is really into Alex, <laughs> first of all, um, but also very very um, empathetic, and you could say, you know, to a certain degree, a nice guy, but not with the negative <laughs> association that comes with the word. But he's. He's very caring and maybe sometimes he's too caring and maybe sometimes, you know, sometimes when people are too caring, they can be smothering, you know, towards other people mm-hmm. or smothering other people. And maybe that's kind of his 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 trouble. And maybe he's maybe he's that way because he's also kind of afraid of, of losing Alex, you know, to a certain degree. So on the one hand, he's, he's someone who's very who's very forward thinking, knows what he wants in life, but also kind of. um yeah, he also kind of maybe he's a little bit too um, too conservative in certain points. You know, he wants everything to be planned out and everything to be uh, you know uh, perfect and in line and uh, so on and so forth. Um, Cynthia, she's just your your party girl. She's uh, um, she's she's someone who loves, who's outgoing, who wants to get herself out there. You know, being seen. You know, she has the hottest guy in at the school as her boyfriend. But at the same time, she's also very, um, a very. I mean, she is genuinely someone who likes people. You know, and who is who likes Alex a lot. You know, and maybe Alex sometimes is someone who's not easy to have as a friend. She's she's a very good friend to Alex and. Um, and really cares about her. And Marcus, uh, Marcus, the, uh, the the boyfriend of Cynthia, and he's like your, um, he's like the jock character, basically. That's again taking a stereotype and then trying to not making them stereotypical. That's basically what I'm trying to do here. So, but uh, he's he's uh, 
Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's like self-confident and, you know, kind of a little bit cocky and everything. But um, that might also be just a facade, you know, to a certain degree, because I think a lot of us, we walk around during the day wearing masks, you know, and as I said, you know, a lot of people are the way they are for reasons and they are um, a certain way. Uh, they are different in, in ways to uh, and depending on what person they talk to and so on and so forth. So we don't quite know with Mark, like how genuine he is about the way he appears to be, basically. So, yeah, again, a half hour response to like an answer. That no, no, thank be. you. That, no, because I, I, I should have probably asked that at the beginning of the interview. That's all right. um, but uh, because we, we get we get to know these characters right from the very beginning. So it really helps to set the scene. And um, I don't know if you can answer this as well or if you want to do a surprise. But is there anything you can tell us about some of the characters that we meet in the in the game, either human or non-human, or uh, yeah, do you want to I keep mean, this as a surprise? I mean, from the poster and key art, it's basically clear that you will meet um, a horse, and the horse is actually uh -huh. um, the horse is actually demonic. inspired exactly <laughs> demonic, and the horse is actually um, lifted or inspired or stolen from a very famous painting by a Swiss artist called um, a Swiss artist who emigrated to London, though. So he's called uh, Henry Fuseli, and uh, Painting is called The Nightmare, and uh, even people who are not that into fine art probably have seen it before. But anyway, the horse and the dog, who is, who is a Rottweiler, again, a very normally a very vicious kind of, not vicious, no, but kind of an intimidating uh, breed, but a very sweet dog when he was alive. And then you have the, tw the Thorn Twins, which were the, the children of, of, the, um, of, the, of the Thorn Couple. So that's the family that lived there. That is, that is Carol and um, Lydia. <laughs> Forgot the names for a second. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, you will. Those are like the people I can reveal because they were already revealed in in, in screenshots and everything. So um, that's some of the, the people right. you will okay. meet. And and these two, the horse and the dog, actually were their their uh, their pets. So yeah. That's like how it's nice pets. <laughs> yeah, nice pets. I mean, it's a rich family. It's a rich, you know. So you give your one child a horse, the other one gets a dog. Well, <laughs> so and this time they're demonic. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't say that in the pet store, but um, yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe get, they got them off of Craigslist or something. I don't know, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's what you get for you know. You didn't go to. Uh, you know, didn't get them in Amazon, got them in <laughs> Craigslist. I know Amazon. You didn't look at maybe eBay or something. Exactly. And then I, I see as well that you uh, you're doing the music and sound design with someone called Roma Waldkley. That correct? Oh yeah, Roman. Yeah, good old Roman. I have I have to mention him, of course. Roman uh, works for the local television station, actually. And I met him because we used to job together, like decade, like that was ten years ago. We jobbed together in um, in a in a electronic store at the customer service, which is like the, the worst kind of job you could ever have in your life. But I know, <laughs> that, yeah. See, but that also brought us together. And he was always into electronic music. You know, he he was work. He he had gigs as a DJ. He did his own album and so on and so forth. And I was always a little into film scoring because at that time I, I did little short films and stuff like that. 
And then we, you know, talked, Nerd talked about the new sample libraries and, uh, you know, uh, digital audio workstations and so on and so forth. And so we started working, you know, just doing little things together sometimes. And I knew him and he's a really great guy. And um, how it works basically is we play through the game and both sit in front of the computer. I, I, I am a, I'm a so, so keyboard player. So I... Of like the, I, I play something, uh, I start playing a little motif or theme into the DAW, into the recording um, software, and then it goes like back and forth, and it's really like these jam sessions, which is huge fun. That's a really uh, a very fun part of the development, and uh, he uh, he adds a lot to the to the music. Like he's he's the master of sound design, giving it beats, giving it some uh, some great synth. Um, tapestry and everything you know to to glue it all together and make it sound even better than i could have ever done so yeah that's how that collaboration works <laughs> very nice well and um in the nightclub scene again it, it did feel like a proper nightclub <laughs> yeah. the sounds of it yes yeah some of it that sound i think a lot of devs say that like sound design is one of the most fun part because suddenly it's just you and the microphone and I had a, a lot of fun, like doing all these little whispering sounds in the in the beginning of the game when you're in the forest. You have this like. This was actually inspired by Dark Fall because uh, Jonathan Bokes did a lot of these, you know, just these things and and put and put a uh, put a reverb on top of it, and already it's scary, you know. And and I uh, I did stuff like mm -hmm. that as well. And um, so whenever you hear any voice at all in this game, it's probably me. So. <laughs> Now, that's interesting because Nathan Hamley said that he did his own sound effects a lot as well for Guard Duty, yeah, yeah. which was you know very interesting as well. And that's what I believe a lot of developers do. And even in big name movies, like I, I remember watching for, it was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and I saw the making of. And in the, the final scene and the, well, the roller coaster scene and the sound effects, they were just done using the most basic yeah. uh, utensils and tools and implements, which... Exactly. I was shocked. I was like, but this movie costs how many millions and you're making this, you're doing the sound effects with a, with a frying yeah. pan. Yeah. You never know. So. You never know which kind of, which, what kind of uh, object would, you know, makes a good sound basically <laughs> that you could use in a completely yeah. different context. Try, 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 trial and error. And then if it works, yeah. great. <laughs> use it. Exactly. And then it will be in, it will be localized in German and English. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, for now it will be German and English. German, obviously, because I can uh, speak it, and English, because I can kind of speak it, as you have witnessed. Oh, you can, yes. yes. <laughs> so, yeah, so those are the two languages I know. So <laughs> for now I won. It, but I try, I try in general to not overwhelm myself with my first game. So, I mean, I get... When, you, when any of you listeners will start, not have started on your first game yet, but will... You will see the one thing you will never have trouble finding is either people doing translations or composers. Those are the two kinds of people that are the first that to send you emails, and um, which is great. I mean, of course, but uh, every localization, every platform you you're putting out, and so on, it all takes work. And that's why I said, you know what, Germany is is a big adventure game market, and obviously uh, all the English speaking nations. So I will I will concentrate on that for now. <laughs> Uh, do you have any plans to localize it in any other languages in the future? Or are you sticking with German and English for now? It's to be completely honest with you. It's all every single one of these questions for the platforms, Mac, <laughs> Windows and Mac 
further localization and so on is basically dependent on if anyone even gives a shit about the game. <laughs> you know what I mean? If the, if the game sells like five copies, I probably will not be so inclined to make, <laughs> like to add uh, Spanish and uh, Swahili and whatever to, to the game. But if, <laughs> if, 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 the demo- if I feel, oh, cool, it's, it's like a, a nice little, a, a small, a small success, you know, uh, and, and, and the demand is there, then yes, definitely I would do that, yeah. Yeah, cool. I mean, I'm sure it'll sell more than five copies, maybe ten. Maybe, maybe. F- more than already, five, I think. You already get it in, in the two-figure range, so that's great. So. <laughs> Probably more people will buy it again and listen to this podcast. So. Yeah, totally. I mean, I mean that's, my wish list will go to the roof now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Although that probably won't be difficult, so don't, don't go by that target. <laughs> yeah, I hope. Uh, so, you, so you mentioned it'll be available on Mac, us, and Windows, uh, correct? Yes. yes, and only um, Mac because I'm on Mac, so that's a platform I can test it on. I actually don't have a Windows <laughs> computer, so that will be more difficult. But uh, but Windows is never the problem. It's uh, it's always you know. Those Mac. <laughs> Those Macs are the problem. I don't. I don't know. I don't know why I do this to myself. No, it's obviously because you know when you come from when you have kind of a, a design background, you are just used to working with Macs. So I stick to what I know. Do you plan on re- releasing it on anywhere else? I, I so far I have it on Steam and itch.io um, because I really love itch.io. Actually, I think that's a great platform for smaller games and. Um, I would wish I would wish actually more people would use it because then I wouldn't have to, um, you know, get my hands messy with Steam, which isn't almost the most pleasant <laughs> pleasant experience. Let's, you know, again, we're I've, the, I've heard I've heard. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like the back end is really yeah, but but it's on the other hand, it is fun. All the metrics they show and so on, and it's mm-hmm. just you know, it's just it's just mandatory. If you're not on Steam, then you basically won't be taken serious at 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 a certain point of size of game. But for now, it's itch.io sure. and Steam, and I think then you, I think for me, then you have the be- then you have both, you know, then you have it for people who are who don't want the DRM and and want mm-hmm. to put it on on uh, <laughs> and want to put it on the next torrent as soon as possible, and you also have <laughs> and you also have Steam for for the for the honest rest <laughs> of the. <laughs> but no, so, itch.io, torrents, and Steam. No, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. See, there's already another platform, and I don't even have to do anything for it, so it's great. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to do anything for it, but but no, I've heard either it could be viruses or anything on that, so yeah, no, stay away from that. It's, it's only cool being a pi- pirate in adventure games. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and so I think I can guess the answer to this question, but when can we expect the release of this game? When you least expect it. <laughs> that's that's hey. like way <laughs> I had the opportunity to bring my catchphrase. Now it's it's because Valve always says when it's ready, and I thought hmm, maybe I could think of something more sinister. <laughs> no, I mean I, I mean I can I can say again the the honest answer is I, I I hope as soon as possible. What I can say though is. Before you will see the main game, um, there will be this demo that you played a little bit of, and this demo actually is not mm-hmm. demo in the sense of that it's a chunk of the game of the of the of the uh, main game. It's actually its own thing. It's exclusive content. It's a li- oh. like a little, it's a little prologue actually to the main story. So after playing, okay, this- so what what I played is not 
That, that won't be, yeah, oh, that won't be in the finished game. The, fin the, 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 the main game, the, the, the real game, not the real game, but the purgatory that will be for sale will start after the, um, after the car crash. And what you're, playing right, what you're playing in the demo for free, for everyone for free, um, is what ha how did that happen, you know, basically. <laughs> what happened immediately before okay. the car crash. So, yeah. And Interesting. Well, I definitely want to take a look so we can get like a bit of backstory to the characters and to, yeah. the, and to the game. Also, because basically, I mean, as 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 proud as I am on my game, uh, the reality is just you no know, adventure games with the you know with the huge influx of games that everyone has in their libraries and everything, and we never get around playing to like adventure games. Just don't have that much appeal for replayability. You know what I mean? And if somebody mm. already played yeah. like the part of the game they might be less inclined to then you know play it all over again or get to the, get the game or, or they yeah and i thought first of all um it's a good way to like make people curious about the game it's also a good way which is quite important i think actually for me to get something out because that's what it's <laughs> in the end it's all about get <laughs> stuff out to people you know so i have this little game that's almost like a jam game more or less and I can get it out to people and people see what the game will be all about. And it's also, you know, it's it's like totally exclusive. So you you don't miss you don't if, if the if the if the big game comes out, you haven't seen any of it already, except in the trails and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> so this this small yeah, no. this small snippet will be definitely released this year. Yeah. <laughs> cool. No, I think it's 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 a great idea because as you mentioned when we play the main game, it won't be the same as a demo. That this serves to introduce the game. We can get a feel of the game and the characters and, and also, you know, the I gameplay also, as well. But exactly, there are no spoilers. On, exactly. And on the marketing side, it's also for me a way to try something out, because I read mm -hmm. you know, most people, most of the more casual players, even though I don't like the term, but how they hear about games is basically through recommendations through their friends. They don't read. Um, you know, adventure game websites or any game websites for that matter. And I will release the tr uh, the demo um, exclusive, well, as a HTML5 game, basically. So you will be able to be play directly in your browser um, and, and share it. You know, you can embed it in your website. I can embed it on my website. Maybe I, I even get it done so you can share it on, on Facebook. And basically, if one of your friends see it, sees it on their timeline, you can just press play and already you're in the game, you know, because that's basically the conversion I want to get. Yeah, that's... that's the conversion I want to get. I want to get people to play the game, you know, and the, the, the hurdle is much lower to just, you know, open a website and the game starts, you know, like the good old flash days um, versus downloading a game, uh, you know, extracting the zip, uh -huh. installing it, starting it, <laughs> and so forth. you know, and that's, that's a little marketing theory i want to try out if, if because html5 games there i know they're associated with you know the flappy birds four million or whatever um but i think there's actually a lot of potential um especially for smaller games um to do things that run directly in your browser again it sounds good to make it easy for people to play it rather than he said uh, to download and extract and zip and rip and do a PhD on how to play the game. <laughs> it's just, it's there. You can then play it and share it, the game with people and it's instant as well. Because again, people, we don't have a huge amount of free time with, with this game. We can play it immediately for it. So, exactly. um, yeah, we will see. So, <laughs> no, that, 
So, sounds good so, so far. So now I know that, do, do you have a website? The website is <laughs> www.joelmayer.io. We're being really hipster here, so okay. I have a .io domain, so, because .com was already taken. So joelmayer.io, and there you will find <laughs> all the links to social media, all that good stuff, and more info about the game. Okay, so you're on, you're on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch as well, and because you also do some uh, live streams of the game, correct? I do, I do streaming, dev streaming from time to time. haven't done one in a while, but I will definitely do that very soon again. It's not like a weekly thing that I do regularly. But if you're interested mm. in that, definitely follow me on Twitter because I always announce it when I'm streaming here. Yeah. Okay. Well, it sounds really interesting. I was interested before. Now I'm even more interested. And, okay. wow, we've been <laughs> nearly nearly two hours, over an hour yeah. and a half. Oh my God, yeah, yeah. Time has gone by very quickly. Oh, yeah. So before, before we finish then, um, is there anything else that you want to mention before we finish? Any other rant or, any, or anything think, else you want to say to people listening <laughs> I, I think i think i should end this for a change on a positive note i i really you know if anyone is listening to this and they're thinking about making their own adventure game i won't say don't <laughs> but i will say you know in the end it's all about having fun about what you're doing it's not about like exactly. it's not about like doing your magnum opus or getting recognition from anyone else it's about you know doing something that you love basically and i can only say you know do stuff that you can actually finish please please don't be stupid like me <laughs> but although i will finish don't worry but <laughs> and i hope i hope um, and I also want to thank just the whole community and some good fr especially shout outs to Matt Frith and Nathan Hamley because with those two guys I converse on a daily basis and they have always been very helpful um, and supportive and uh, giving me good inputs on my game and everyone else yeah thanks very much cool thank you yes no just on that note uh, again the adventure game community and the developers as well are so supportive as we've mentioned, and Nathan Hamley actually finished uh, our interview just talking about other developers and other adventure games that that he enjoyed uh, playing. Absolutely. So, okay, well, well, thank you very much. Yes, yes, Guard Duty, really, really good. I, I reviewed it myself, and I really enjoyed it yeah, and as Matt well. Frith, and Matt Frith also has a small, small game on, on each. You can get it for $3. It's the best $3 you ever spent. It's called Among Thorns. Looks really great. I bought it when I still had a when I still had a Windows PC at home, but now it broke down, so I can never play it. But he has my money, so that's all right. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's the main thing. No, I'll, I'll check it out myself, and I'll add a link to that as well. Okay. And okay, well, well, thank you very much, Joel. I know it's been a, a long interview that we've had after a long day at work we both had, but thank you so much for joining me. I've been wanting to talk to you for a while, and I'm delighted that we finally got a chance to talk. And yeah, so at the time of recording, at least there is a trailer, there are screenshots. Maybe by the time this episode goes out, the demo may be available. Uh, uh, we'll uh, see. I, but I at doubt least... it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope for the best. Well, you, we can we can still add links to your website and then to your social media so people can follow you there as well and follow your development of this of this game. So uh, thank you, Joel, and best of luck. I'm looking forward to finding out more about this game. Thank you, and good luck to you, Francisco. So that was my interview with Joel Meyer, prankster all the way up until the end. 
Well, thank you, Joel, for speaking to me about your game, Purgatory, uh, practical jokes and all. So next week, I will be joined once again by Laura and Thomas, and we will be reviewing the latest games that we have been playing. So until then, have a great weekend and a great week, everyone. Bye. If you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate, and review. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps, and reviews will help get the word out, especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast. Now, you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Advent Game Pod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are a Adventure Game developer or Adventure Game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it and you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com so until next time thank you Mm-hmm.